Hey everybody, Amateur Hours coming at you a day early this week. Uh, I want to say Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you to Joel Thorman from Arrowhead Pride. Thank you to all of our listeners. Please go over to iTunes, rate and review the show, and subscribe, download every single episode, and do us a favor and tell everyone that you know. Tell your girlfriend, tell your boyfriend, tell your friends at work, tell your family... Tell them to listen. It matters. And oh, hey, if you're feeling generous, go over to paypal.me slash AHPKC. You can donate over there, and we will accept any donation of any kind and put it to good use for your listening pleasure. Give me money. And now, let's talk some Chiefs. From the minds of Ryan Scott Hall and his darkness, and presented in part by Arrowhead Pride. Lamar Hunt, Arrowhead Stadium, tailgating, Marty Ball, and King Carl. Marcus Allen, Montana Magic, Mile High Miracles. Oh, baby, what a play. Derek Thomas and Neil Smith, Casey Wolf, Jason Whitlock, and Joe Piznanski. Dick Vermeil, Trent Green, Tony G, Priest Holmes, the greatest offensive line ever assembled, and even the no-punt game. Herm, then Haley and Pioli in the Patriot Way, 27-7, Candy Wrappers, Romeo, and Airplanes. Be safe and be easy. Andy, Alex, DJ Specials, Puff Puff Pass Rush, Travis Kelsey, Jamal freaking Charles. We're Raider haters. We despise the donkeys, and red is always our Sunday best. If Home of the Chiefs gives you chills, you're in the right place. If this song means touchdown, you're in the right place. Whether you're in Kansas City, Bogota, London, Moscow, or Memphis, right now, it's football season. And buddy, you're listening to Amateur Hour. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome into Amateur Hour. You've got Ryan Scott Hall and his darkness. What's up? Dirk, it is Thanksgiving week, so in honor of that, I'm going to set the table for this show here. Huh. We're going to start off with... I will, I will kick back and watch some football over here. <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to start off with what I believe is probably the best way to frame the conversation that you and I are going to have today. Um, I know that the last uh, you know 24 hours or so on social media has probably been pretty rough for Chiefs fans. I think everybody's kind of on edge after that loss on Sunday. Um, and I think that the best way to talk about it is this. Right now, you have two options... As a Chiefs fan, you got two options. The first option is the uh, the glass half full approach, if you will, and that is the offense is underperforming and the team is really banged up. There is plenty of room for improvement, and we actually have the ability to improve with health and with adjustments. Fully capable of of fixing the problems that we see. 
The other option that you have as a Chiefs fan is to say, well, you know what? We've got a limited quarterback, and we have a predictable offense. On We almost maybe even have a predictable defense, too. And we're really lucky to be 7-3 and three right now, and, and that's... That's, that's pretty much it. It could get it could get a lot darker from there, essentially. <laughs> but um, I, I think that I don't I don't know exactly where people fall into those two categories. I don't know where the percentages are, um, but I do think that I've seen a lot of people angry, and I've seen a lot of people that are like, "Yeah, it's okay, relax," so to speak. People are angry. People are angry. People seem angry. Okay. People seem angry. I, I had to step away. I was I was turned off <clears throat> by by the old Twitter feed last night. Mm-hmm. I had to I had to step away. I had to take an angry walk. I had to throw on my boy Kanye. I had to take an angry walk through the streets. Uh, I just don't get I don't get the outrage. I don't I don't understand it. After yesterday, I don't get it. What's what's it in, in reference to? Because I don't think. I mean. The facts of that loss, how about five of the ten most important players on the team, not not 100%, nowhere near 100%, most of them not on the field. Um, I don't think they played nearly as bad as they did two weeks before against Jacksonville, against a much worse team. Uh, I thought they played much worse against Carolina, too. And so maybe that's where the anger comes in, is because we've seen these bad performances stacked up in a row. But I, I mean... Who's been our best player this year? D Ford. Okay. Surprising answer. Who's been our second best player? Marcus Peters. Okay. Um, the only reason that I say D Ford instead of Marcus Peters is because... Peters' punting game has um, been I mean, a little off? No, really for me, I think it's more about the surprise of it. Just nobody really expected it. And when we rattled off those numbers about like where the pass rush is and... D. Ford has 10 sacks, and our second leading sacker has two. Um, I mean, he is the production that we have as far as rushing the quarterback is concerned. I gotcha. I thought you'd say Peters for sure, but it doesn't matter because those are one and two for everybody, I think. Right. Um, Going into this season, who would you say is our most talented player on the roster? Houston. Justin Houston. Not Nothing near 100%. Right, right. And, I mean, he played... 75% 75% of the snaps or something yesterday, but obviously... A lot of like, snaps. I was kind of surprised by how many snaps he played. Yeah. And 53 I, of 77 was what sticks out in my mind. I don't, I don't have right. it in front of me. I I mean, I loved hearing the, we're not going to put him on a snap count. It's basically like, Justin's going to tell us when he doesn't want to play. And I think it was like the second series or something that he was standing on the sideline. They're like, he has his helmet off. And I think people were wondering, like, is he going to come back in? Yeah. And you wonder, maybe a little bit, if... Uh, when suddenly at halftime it was, hey, D. Ford's out with a hamstring, if they were then at that point like, okay, well, Justin, how, how, how do you feel about playing the rest of the game, basically? <laughs> yeah. Um, so you take all that. Um, you look at a Chiefs team that was due. They'd won 10 home games in a row. We talked last week, we kind of opened last week about how they had three games this year where they were clearly the worst team on the field and won. And they're going out there. I mean, they're they're battered by injuries right now. Like, what are we expecting from the team? And maybe you can say I haven't mentioned anyone on the offense. Jerry Macklin's obviously not playing. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get mad at Alex Smith if you want. Although 
I kind of take offense as an Alex Smith hater that that yesterday was the game where everybody turned on Alex Smith. That? That was in the top half of Alex Smith games of his career. Even with the gross pick. Was it really? I think so. I've watched a ton of bad Alex Smith, and it offends me that yesterday was the game that turned everybody. Um, I, I, let, let me. And I know you're you're down on Alex Smith right now. Um, I'm definitely down on Alex Smith right now. But way down. I just I the team's performing bad because their best players aren't playing, and they've they're still alive in the win loss record. They still have everything in front of them. I had so many people tell me the season's over, and I just don't get the attitude. And I think people are just trying to get out in front of it so that they don't feel the pain if we, say, lose to Denver and Atlanta or something. But I just don't get it. I, I think everything's still in front of this team. It's still all about winning the AFC West, which is still... We still have Denver coming to us. We still have Oakland coming to us. Uh, Oakland still has to go on the road for three divisional games, so don't think they're going to outpace us or anything. Like, I just do not get the outrage falling yesterday. And, one more point, Tampa Bay's a team that's getting healthy. They got a young quarterback who's emerging. I think. I think James Winston's good. Uh, Mike Evans is really good. Doug Martin hasn't played all season. He came back, and they're five and five. They're not a bad team. I I just I didn't get the outrage, and it it got to me. I wasn't that mad about the game. I was mad about the outrage. Um, I've since calm. I'm, I'm starting to get a little heated again, so I'm gonna <laughs> kick it back to you um, while I take this sweatshirt. And I wore my Chief stuff all day <laughs> out of protest, you could say. But I was supporting the damn Chiefs today, all right? Um, I, I, let, me, let me say a couple things. First and foremost, I would say that where I think a lot of the backlash may have come from, and I can only speak from my own personal position, where I got really frustrated, and I am still very frustrated with this football team. Um, number one, I think that the stretch of six games remaining on the schedule is really scary. We talked about it briefly yesterday. What is the easiest or most winnable game left on the schedule? Tennessee at home. Tennessee at home or at San Diego. I mean, we have at Denver, at Atlanta, the Raiders on a short week, and then Denver at home. I mean, you would say probably Tennessee at home because you get a few extra days rest, and they may be the worst team in there. But Tennessee is a top 10 offense in the NFL. And their defense is pretty spry. And Marcus Mariota is playing his tail off. And, you know, if you want to... You talk about, like, him versus Jameis. You know, there are a lot of people that were knocking on Jameis. You're already saying that he's great. And obviously... I'm going to say he's great. I, I believe okay. in him, though. You believe he, in him. I think right. he, has, he has greatness in him. Mm-hmm. But he also has shit games in him. Right. Obviously, he was right. good. He was dealing yesterday. Um, well, for the most part. He missed... He still misses some throws. He has he has good and shit in the same game. Yeah, we were talking about, like, how many throws he was, like, skipping at people's feet. Yes. Um, well, that, that is, that's the first thing for me is that I look at how they're playing right now and don't get me wrong. I I said the offense is underperforming and the team is banged up. Like all of the things that I said in, in the, the first option, those are all extremely valid points. And I think that in most circumstances, as anyone that listens to this program can attest and you as my best friend on the planet can attest, I would be subscribing to all of those things. Oh, you know what? We're just injured right now. It's going to be okay. These guys are going to get healthy. You know, we've got a you know a lot of veterans on this team that have been through this kind of crap before. Just look at last season and the kind of coach that we have and the kind of leadership that we have. We're going to be fine. But 
I look at the last three weeks, and um, I'm I'm disgusted with what I have watched the last three weeks. It's embarrassing how bad they have played. I mean, we talked about Jacksonville. We're playing the Jaguars at home, and it comes down to where a lot of people believe that Jacksonville should have won that game. There are people that think that that was not a fumble toward the end when the ball got punched out as he was crossing the goal line that would have given Jacksonville. Yeah, I think it was a touchdown. There was I mean, just no, there's no right. Yeah, right. So I mean, but that changes everything. But yeah, I get, I get your point. Yeah. Either way, um, oh, and, I've made the argument we should have lost that game. We were the worst team on the field. And I mean, Carolina, we were getting trashed and Cam threw the game away. Yep. Literally, into our hands. Yep. Um, I, I mean, and this game against Tampa, I mean, look, before we get into offense versus defense, I'm, I'm going to curb some of my thoughts on that as far as trying to play, you know, who you mad at as far as Sunday is concerned. Um, I, just, I just think that right now the biggest reason I would say that I am upset about where we are at is that... Don't get me wrong, there are no guarantees in the NFL, but there's no guarantee that this team is going to get healthy or that they are going to be clicking. Correct. And primarily, the biggest problem that we have right now is the offense. And we have a large sample size of what the offense is doing this year, and the offense is the thing that was supposed to be hyped up. And they're playing really poor. Yes. Really poor. And I've I've got a number of stats that back that up. It's not just like a... Uh, you know, the last three games have been rough. No, no, the offense is underperforming. Very, very, very noticeably. I'm, I'm going to try and hit you some, with some stats later to, to point I, some fingers at the defense as well. I, I think that I'm scared about the schedule for the remaining six games, um, but I'm also just like, after watching these three weeks in a row of how bad the team has played... Um, I think that you said that this game was coming um, after, like, basically. The we were night. due. Yeah, we were due. Um, yeah, you can't you can't sit there and say like the Chiefs are unlucky or like they. No, I get playing. I get that. They play better than the record or whatever. Like, no, we were very fortunate to be seven and three. We were very fortunate to pull a lot of those games out. We were due for mm-hmm. a letdown like this. We were due for one of these games to go against us. Yeah, and I mean it. It sucks, but I mean that's that's just kind of that's the NFL. The common denominator is that you don't really know how Sundays are going to go. Um, I uh, I just I think the fact that this game did feel like it was coming because we eked out each of the past two weeks, and I felt like the team had opportunities to make adjustments in order to prevent this from happening, even with the injuries. That's what pisses me off. Is I think that everyone saw it, and we kept talking about, like, oh, man, the coaches and the players, like, you guys need to look yourselves in the mirror. Like, what are these problems? Can we address them? How are you going to fix it? What we, what I said last week during the show, this team has every opportunity to get better, which is essentially what I'm still saying is option one for Chiefs fans. We have, we have all the ability in the world to get better, but will they? And I don't think that they're going to. Okay. That doesn't mean that they won't make the playoffs. That doesn't mean that they may not even end up winning the AFC West. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I mean, not, not everything's fine and Daniel the Chiefs. I'm not arguing that. I'm arguing everything is still right in front of us, and the goal is to be at our best at the end of the season. Not right now. Not right now. We don't have to be at our best right now. We have to, we have to accumulate wins right now. 
We have to give ourselves a chance to get to that point and then perform at that point. Both of those are still very uh, live, very possible. Yeah. Um, I just think I, it, it bugs me. I feel like there's just like a cloud of negativity. Oh, the Chiefs fans are split like, like politically. There's the pro-Alex side and the anti-Alex side. I and the anti-Alex side just can't get over it. And it's to the point where they are all just waiting for the Chiefs to lose, for Alex to have a bad game, and then it's just like, boom, 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 like an attack, attack, attack. And it's just, it reminds me of like political stuff where it's just like so stubborn, so set in your ways. You just want to be right and like shit on the other side, how wrong they are and all this. And I think it's just a cloud of negativity and it bothers me. And you can tell me that it's just a Twitter bubble and I, got, I need to get off Twitter. And that's exactly what I did today was get off Twitter. Well, I, I think though that something that I put out during the game was I felt like, and whether you think it was people hiding and not saying anything... Or it's it's the alternative, which I'm going to say is I think that a lot of people had had given up on being mad at Alex because they like started to see like Alex is actually okay. Alex is not yes. it, Alex is not the biggest flaw that we have on this team. I mean, we've seen the depths. We saw the the, the extremes last year at one and five. I feel like I can remember declaring victory like Alex has failed. Yeah, like the the negative Alex guys. We we won. We won this argument, and then we won ten games in a row. And we won a playoff game, and then Alex played great against the Patriots, and it was like, all right, maybe the Alex Pro guys have won. I mean, it's never going to get solved. Uh, I don't think Alex is any good, really, but I like him. I'll say that. That's where I've always been. <laughs> I don't think he's any good, but I like him. <laughs> I, I, I think he's totally an Andy Reid. Huh? Can you delve into that a little bit? Like, I think he's totally an Andy Reid creation. I think he does, like, the bare minimum, and that's fine. But I would be constantly surf- searching for better options. And I talk about this all the time. There's, there's, I have two sides. I'm talking, there's off-season me, and then there's in-season me. In-season, I, I try and put all that aside. Like, okay, Alex is the quarterback. Nothing's going to happen. Off-season, I, I come on here every off-season and talk about how we should add another quarterback. Mm-hmm. I came on here and talked about Chase Daniels should, should be the quarterback of this team. Like, I, I'm not a pro-Alex guy, but he is what we got right now, and he's... Um, I think he's propped up majorly by Andy Reid, and I don't think he's ever really been that talented. I've never really backed down from how I felt when we first got Alex. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Um, and this is, I I would love to like hear a greater mind than me explain this. Well, ask. That's why I'm here. Something that I've, <laughs> something that I've never understood. Um, there's so much talk about like how smart Alex is and how much of the offense that he can handle. Yeah, we saw it in that double pass last week. And and yet I feel like the offense is still like like noticeably limited in what they end up doing. <laughs> kind of and, dumb. And so it's like I mean, I think that that's where that debate gets gets really complicated and people don't know like is it Alex or Andy and Andy has a much better like career-long track record than Alex does. Um, but I, I guess I just, like... There is sort of a chicken or the egg thing, but to, to try to actually ask the question. Um, why, if Alex is so smart, and let's kick it back real quick to, like, the conversation that we had with Seth earlier this year, mm-hmm. 
And what I think a lot of people said about the offense last year was when it really opened up and it's, they started to play well was when Andy like sort of took a step back and allowed Alex to control it at the line of scrimmage. Why would we ever go away from that? Yeah, and like, and we seemingly and, did, right? And and like, I I can understand where at certain times Andy says he like he mentioned the interception that Alex threw on Sunday. He said it was a predetermined read, and he like takes full which I don't understand. It. I but, don't get. What does predetermined read mean? He has no he has no say in the matter whatsoever. Um, I mean, I get that it's the I first read in theory. That's yes, in theory, it's predetermined that like this play is set up. For you to throw to this person, no matter what happens, that's who you're supposed to throw to because the play is designed for that guy to be open. I get that he's the first read, and I get that he might be the only read, but you're still making the read. Right. That's the thing to So me, I don't... I, I see some like, people blame Andy on that. I, I think if, it's bullshit. If Alex, is, if Alex is such a smart quarterback and he can handle so much, why does everyone get the impression that he's like so robotic like that? Where it's like, well, Andy told me to do it. And so so many people seem to think that the reason that Andy likes Alex is because Alex does whatever he says. I'd say that's accurate. I, I think it's he can just, he's Andy Reid on the field. It's like Andy asks his quarterback to do all these things, and he does all those things. Probably because he doesn't add anything to it. I don't Especially not when he's not running the ball. I mean, maybe that's the one thing he added was, was picking up first downs all the time, but now he's not adding much to the table. Um, I will give Alex credit. I think he threw two of his best passes of the season on Sunday. The unfortunate thing is it doesn't fucking matter because they lost. And I think that where people want to point the finger is they want to point it at Alex. They want to point it at the offense because they're frustrated about how the offense has played all year, maybe more specifically than yesterday. Um... And I can see where in certain statistical aspects of the game on Sunday that people might think that the defense has more to do with why the team lost. If you look at the poll that we put out there, who you mad at? Who you mad at? Um, it's 53% Alex and 35% Andy. And then just a, a very small smack roll for Bob Sutton and... Burkholder, um, which was mainly a nod to injuries, if that's what you guys are mad at, and not necessarily that you're hanging it on the training staff. But, I'm mad at the fans. Um, there were a lot of people that were like, everyone, this sucks. I had so much whining in my mind. Like, we don't have a quarterback. We never win. We can never going to beat the good teams. All right. We have won 18 of our last 22 games. I'm going to regurgitate the stat from last week because I believe it bears regurgitating. Under Andy Reid, we have 39 wins and now 20 losses. The previous seven years, 39 wins and 74 losses. I mean... 74. I, I get it. I think that when you enter... We just come off as entitled and spoiled, and those are two of my... They might be the same thing. My least favorite things in the world. It, it, it gets to me. Not many things get to me. You, you can attest to this. I do not get. I don't get upset. Maybe maybe it's Chiefs a little bit, but <laughs> but those are things that get to me. Well, I think what's funny is that uh, you and I kind of we have a tendency to maybe like role reversal from in game and out of game. Yeah, um, I, it was funny because you were just like in you were game, you were on like, Alex yesterday. You uh, were on him. 
I'm. I mean, you were on him, and I was just like, I mean, do you want? Do I mean, you, do you want me to rattle him off? I've got a lot of stuff on why I think Alex is. Oh the hell problem. yeah! That's why we're here, baby. All right, so saddle up, folks. Oh oh, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Alex Smith. Going in on Alex? Um, yeah, I'll go there again. Oh, I'm gonna go there. I've, I've got um, some stats, some some Chiefs. Alex Smith stats and a theory on Alex. Um, you go ahead. In 34 quarters this year, Alex has nine touchdowns. Um, I I want to. I is, want is, I want I want you to think about at least briefly what Alex brings to the table, and not not like. Over his career, not over his career as a chief, but like so far in 2016, how is Alex Smith playing football? Because the best thing that he does is not turn the ball over, but he is a detriment in the pass game, and he is a detriment in the run game, and not just because he's not running, he also makes it more difficult for the other players on the offense to run, because we're not threatening the defense throwing the ball, and they're getting to crowd the line of scrimmage... I mean, we see the numbers week in and week out. They ended up showing a graphic on Fox on Sunday, albeit incorrect, but they said something that he had like 25 completions inside of 10 yards that amounted for like 99 yards. And that's not right. It's not correct. Oh, it wasn't? No, it's the, those numbers Those numbers are not right. I thought so. But, but, but I, say that, I say that because like different sources have different things. And I tend to... Trust like pro football reference after the fact, having hindsight, than like Fox doing it on the run. So, uh, but I mean, let's look at. If oh, you... Hold on, on the run game, real quick, a stat here. A lot of people talking about how the run offense is worse this year. Last year, 128 yards per game. This year, 98 yards per game. You know how many yards rushing Alex averaged last year? Uh, he had. 515 games, so what, 30 yards a game? There you go, do that math. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. 31 yards a game. Um, And that may have been for 16, so you might be more accurate there. So the difference in rushing is almost exactly what Alex hasn't given us this year. It's kind of weird. um, I I think that if you you want to look at like specifically against Tampa, um, Denver beat Tampa 27 to 7 in a game that they went 3 of 13 on third down. They had 2.8 yards per carry. They got sacked four times and they played both quarterbacks. You talking about Denver? Yeah. 27 to 7 in in that kind of offensive performance. Well, you're talking about a, a defense that was probably at full strength and they got the lead. And then they put the they put the grass on. Right. Which is the same thing the Chiefs can do if they get out to the lead, but they didn't and haven't in a while. They haven't. Um, I I was trying to figure out like how the offense has been playing this year. And I saw a stat on Football Outsiders that talks about hashtag bad. Um, it's it's average lead at the beginning of each of your drives, uh-huh. and so the the average like I guess margin of of leading yeah I got it per drive yeah um, it's it's in the negative. On the season. Yeah, I believe it. So the Chiefs are, are not playing with a lead, let's just say, the vast majority of the time. 
Do we, have um, a, do we have a negative point differential in the season? I didn't look that up. You go. For, you you keep sucking. Um, I just, I just don't think that what what we frame as positives around Alex Smith, at least right now, maybe in the past, it hasn't been the case, but certainly right now, that's they're not outweighing what's happening. The negatives on the offensive side of the ball. Not turning the ball over. I don't care if we turn the ball over if we're scoring more. Hey. I don't at this point. Like, one of the things... So, I mentioned that Alex has nine touchdowns in 34 quarters, and that's just sort of guessing because of the game that he and Foles split. Nick Foles has three touchdowns in six quarters. You bear those numbers out, and Nick Foles would whoop Alex's ass. Now, granted, it's a small sample size. I I completely understand that. And I don't want to turn the conversation into Alex versus Foles, but those are the two options that we have on the team. And while people think that they're similar, um, and like maybe Foles throws more touchdowns, but he throws more interceptions or something, and Alex might know the offense better or something like that. I mean, at this point, I would almost rather watch Nick Foles just because it would change what the offense looks like. And so all the tape that teams have on us from the last three and a half years Throw of watching out. Alex, Throw they don't out. know what to do. Yep. Because because the, the field is going to look different. And yep. the offense is going to look different. And I hate that I'm at that point. Because I don't think that Alex is, is any, I say, like worse than Nick Foles. I don't know if Foles is in any tangible way truly better than Alex Smith. But I am so sick of watching what is essentially the same thing over and over and over again on yep. offense. Yeah. And it's just, especially right now, it's not working. And if you, like, I know that what we're missing right now on offense is Jeremy Macklin. And we could say that we're missing Jamal Charles, but the offense won 10 straight games without Jamal Charles last year. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I, I don't include Jamal in pretty much anything because I think he's just... He hasn't played the last two years, yeah. and he's not going to play next year, so Jamal's just kind of done. The point that I think a lot of people have made is that, for the most part, like, albeit the last few weeks, or, or really if you want to count it for so far this season, like Jeremy Macklin has, has not had much of an impact on the outcome of games, but Alex has the best situation that he's probably ever had in his career, and certainly the best situation that he's had in Kansas City, and the highest expectations that he's had in Kansas City, and he is vastly underperforming. Like, I think people have every right to be pissed off. And I'm in that group. I am nodding. I just think you're behind where I was, I guess. And I, that think, might be the I case. think I would have been saying all these things two years ago, and now I'm more, you know, apathetic towards it. Like, yep, it is what it is. Alex is what he is. Uh, I mean, the 10-game winning streak was magical, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mean, the discussion always was, what's the ceiling with him? Like he can't get much better if he's not going to improve on these areas where he's not good. And we'd seen so much of him that I didn't think it was in him to improve. Well, but see, that's the thing is that it's, it's not even necessarily about improving. It's that he's taken a step backward this yeah. year. I mean, if I got to watch, if I got to watch like 2015 Alex this year, I feel like the team would be in much better shape than they are right now, probably even in the win-loss column. Like, the Chiefs might be, I guess, aside from Pittsburgh, so we'd, we'd be 9-1 and one at this point, hypothetically. Um, and and I just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel like this. I'd be like, you know what? Like, that status quo of Alex 
is perfectly capable of winning a Super Bowl. I have said that multiple times. And it's not just recency bias based on Denver winning it last year. Like, you look at... I mean, they say defense wins championships. I know that that sounds like hyperbole, but the best offense the NFL has ever seen got shut down and lost a Super Bowl. They were undefeated and scoring like 40 points a game. Yeah. And couldn't do it. And then the same thing with Denver. They got completely annihilated by Seattle. Mm-hmm. Like the two best offenses we've probably ever seen get shut down by a great defense. Correct. And I just... I, the offense is not doing their part this season. They're not. And even even if with those lowered expectations that everyone has had, and even where I said I thought that people had turned the corner on Alex to where they weren't just going to complain every single week because they knew what that status quo was. But Alex is playing below that right now, and that's why people are pissed off. Because if Alex was playing like average every week, Alex, we'd be fine. We'd be really freaking good. And we're still 7-3. and three. I get that, but... Let me propose that Alex wasn't that bad yesterday. Obviously, the pick was terrible. One of the worst plays he's ever had as a Chief. <laughs> Outside of that, on the day, offense averaged 6.6 yards per play. The Falcons lead the NFL at 6.7 yards per play. So, 0.1 yards behind that. Second place in the NFL is Cowboys at 6.2. Mm-hmm. So, the Chiefs moved the ball... At the second best offense in the NFL clip, mm-hmm. um, they fucked up a third and one and a third and two, and I put those on Andy. I'll defend I'll defend Andy all day, but those weren't great. I, I have I haven't gone back and rewatched it. I was going to do that tonight, but we wanted to record tonight. Mm-hmm. The third and one, especially, I think they lined up in shotgun and just threw the ball, and it was mind-numbingly dumb. Uh, so that was terrible. And then the one place not getting enough credit to everyone's talking about that Kelsey. Tight end sweep. Uh, I think it's very over-exaggerated. On 6-10, they talked... Actually, 6-10 and 8-10. I was kind of switching back and forth. Um, I mean, I listened to 8-10 during the day. I listened to 6-10 when it turns 2 o'clock. That's cool. Danny doesn't listen to these. <laughs> I, I listen to the show. Really <laughs> like the new intro. <laughs> I love you, Danny. Um, I, I would just say... What I felt like I heard on the radio was that if people were harping on anything that had anything to do with Kelsey, it was the drop. It was the drop. Okay, so maybe maybe people were making a bigger deal. But the no, drop, I, he I walks into the end zone if he catches that ball. He walks in. And if you do that, then the Chiefs are 3 for 4 in the red zone on the day, and the one misses the Alex interception. Mm. So I just don't... I have a hard time saying the offense... And, and the reason they put, don't put up many points, they only had 8 drives on the day. Eight. And it's because the defense couldn't get off the field. And we'll get into the defense in a little bit. But I just think the offense, their problems yesterday were over-exaggerated. And I think if the defense plays what they're capable of playing, and again, they have an excuse because they were battered by injuries. They're missing their two best players. I think the offense gets more opportunities and they would they would score points at a healthy clip yesterday. I'll say that. Okay. Um... Prior to the final drive, where I say the final drive, the drive where we got our second yep. touchdown yep. of the day, uh, the Chiefs at that point were losing 19-10. 19-10, right? So 
Uh, Tampa is essentially in prevent at this point. Don't get me wrong, still tackling people and playing football, but because they're up by two possessions, they're not that worried. Um, Alex had 191 yards and an interception before that drive. On that drive, he had eight completions for 70 yards, and it was really funny when you went and looked through like the play-by-play on Pro Football Reference. It was Alex Smith completion short. And it just kept saying short, 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 <laughs> yep. short. Like very methodical, which is pretty much the way that... For his whole career. That's what it says for his yeah, whole career. Yeah, for, for every Complete drive. short. <laughs> um, but, I mean, that's... In situations like that, you take what the defense gives you, and I think our biggest play on that drive was maybe like 11 yards or something. Uh, eight completions to go 70 yards. Um, I guess I just... I had mentioned like how Denver beat Tampa Bay. Um we get all of these cross-division games. Everybody's going to play Tampa Bay. Um, Derek Carr. Everybody knows that in five quarters, essentially, Derek Carr threw for 500 yards against Tampa Bay on the road. Um, in regulation, he threw for 353 yards and three touchdowns against this team, who also had Brent Grimes on the field the entire day. And, Is Grimes good? I mean, he's their best corner. I mean, he went out and they put in their their, their most expensive corner. Which I enjoyed. But, I mean, I guess, and don't get me wrong, like, Alex Smith is not Derek Carr. Yes. I get that. Correct. I'm just trying to say that... Nor are like, receivers, and this is, Mike Grabtree and Amari Cooper. Of course. But, but what this bears out to me is that I don't think... Maybe the team is not built to be able to do it. Probably the team is not built to be able to do it. But especially in 2016, like you just don't know what you're going to get from this offense. I don't know what to hang my hat on. I don't think that they're really consistent at anything. And I'm sorry, when you're playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home and they have 19 points, you should not lose that football game. But it's it goes beyond that. That's too. It's oversimplifying. It. I understand that Tampa was eleven of sixteen on third down, yes. and that they had the ball for thirty six minutes or something. Yes. Like I totally understand that. But the Chiefs had the opportunity to win the game, and the defense has been in many games the sole purpose that we ended up winning. Correct. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, the and defense, so I mean, if you're looking at it season long or Andy's tenure, yes, the defense is. Head and shoulders above the offense. It's also where we throw in most of our uh, money. What am I looking at? Assets. Um, I mean, we had the highest paid defense. Was that last year or yeah, two years ago? Yeah, but that was something that they inherited, I guess. I mean, I mean, we just got a lot of talent on defense. That's how we've built the team. We're building around Alex. Yeah. I guess I just like... I, I look at it like the defense has always helped the offense, you know? And... It's like a team game. There's a lot of offense versus defense, but they help each other. If you get a three and out, that's going to help the offense with the field position. Mm-hmm. The defense didn't help the offense yesterday. And you can, you might be listening to this and be like, the defense always helps the offense. Like, they shouldn't always have to. You're right. Yeah. You're right. I mean, that's something that I but said the during was... the Carolina game was like, sooner or later, like, we can't, we can't, you're asking too much of the defense, essentially. Yeah. It's it's happening because we're we're going through this every single week. Do you want me to delve into some defensive numbers, or are you still? No, please. I've got okay. I've got a bunch of offensive. Why why I'm down the defense from yesterday? Okay, 442 yards, 55 yards allowed per drive. 
the Chiefs only got they only stopped them three times. Jameis dropped the ball. Uh, they punted from the Chiefs' 34 after a 60-yard drive because they took over inside the 10. Um, and then the other was a punt after with 22 seconds left following their inability mm-hmm. to stop them on three downs. Mm-hmm. That was the only stops of the game. Uh, the Bucks put up 6.0 yards per play, equivalent to New England and Oakland. 11 of 15 on third downs excludes the one at the end where they weren't trying to get it. Mm-hmm. And the Bucks put up 27 first downs, the second most allowed under Andy Reid, behind only the playoff loss. Hmm. And, one more, second most passing yards allowed since 2013. And the most allowed since then was Drew Brees, a few weeks ago. Uh, Jameis Winston on third down was 12 of 14 for 133 yards and a touchdown. What, uh, he what, was very, very, very good. What if I say this? This defense isn't very good without Marcus Peters and D4. What is good about it without those two? You have two players performing at a defense player of the year uh, caliber. <clears throat> Marcus Peters is taking the ball away like crazy, and that's our that's our biggest proponent right now is takeaways. Mm-hmm. And D4 is getting a lot of sacks. And you said last week our second leading sacker was Chris Jones with what, two? With two. That's correct. So if you take those two away, what is our defense? We don't really stop the run, although we did a we did a decent job yesterday, better than I wanted to admit. We don't rush the passer without D Ford so far. Hopefully Justin Houston comes in and fixes that. But without those two on the field, I just don't our defense doesn't provide anything. Our, our other corners aren't that good. Phil Gaines is okay, but I mean he hardly lasts an entire game anymore. Steven Nelson got roasted yesterday. Well, okay, I mean how many defenses in the league can you take away their two best players and the defense is still exactly, good? Exactly. Um, and, exactly. And, and that's, a, that's is, a team performance for me, so we shouldn't put too much into this one game because we were so de- detrimental. Well, and, I mean, but, that's, but that's the thing, is that like you're, you're basically you're bearing out these numbers on look at all the things that the defense did on Sunday that didn't help us win. Yes. But the defense has excuses to be in that position. Yes. And they still only gave up 19 points. And the only only touchdown that they gave up on Sunday was after Alex threw an interception that got returned and Tampa had a short field. Yep. Like, I mean, they kicked four field goals and had a turnover in the red zone. Like, I just... I'm looking at... All right, so... It's a strange game. It is definitely a strange game. It's a strange um, game. I put it more on the defense, but the defense has more excuses, and the defense also has superiority over the offense because they've been better at their jobs in the offense this season and the last four years. So that's where I come out. Um, and maybe that sounds weird all put together, but that's where I'm at. I just, I just heard so much like blaming the offense and like, and I, it's just the 19 points thing is like an oversimplification for me. Just because of the less the amount of drives and the amount of opportunities for the Chiefs' offense, and they had their one chance and they blew it, and so if, if you, you can put it on the offense for that if you want, I think that I think that it's a matter of knowing all of the circumstances that the defense is facing, and they gave the offense an opportunity to win the game, and the offense couldn't do it. Yes, that but is, I don't, that's where the frustration is. People also talk about like if we kick a field goal there, we take the lead, and then we probably win. Like, well. We didn't stop them all game. What makes you think we're going to stop them that next drive? <clears throat> Bearing it out over the season, offense and defense, um, we we and you'll you'll find it online as well. I'm sure people have been talking about it on social media. 
um, like how the defense has been playing against top offenses, which is pretty much everyone that we've played. Um, and I don't think people have really been talking about how the offense has been playing against what are pretty terrible defenses. Um, so I wanted to try to compare one and the other. Um, the Chiefs' average opponent for the season, and granted, what I did was take their ranking and add them all up and divide by 10. I didn't add up everybody's points per game and then figure out where that would rank in the league. But I don't follow, but go ahead. Okay. Hopefully, hopefully those listeners at home do. Right. So I'll, pick, Chiefs, I'll pick it up. The Chiefs have played 10 games. Okay. And I took the ranking of each of the defenses in points per game. Gotcha. And added those up and took the average from okay. their rankings okay. gotcha. instead of the actual points. Gotcha. Uh, the Chiefs are averaging through 10 games playing the 22nd ranked defense in the NFL. Okay. And against what their opponent is giving up on a weekly basis, the Chiefs are scoring three fewer points than that on offense every week. Okay. Defensively, the Chiefs are averaging playing the 14th ranked offense in the NFL through 10 weeks. And even including a game in which Pittsburgh scored 20 points more than they are scoring on a weekly basis, the defense is holding their opponents to five yards less than what they are scoring on an average week. Um, Basically, like, through the season, the Chiefs' offense is a cumulative 30 points less than what they should be scoring based on opponent averages. And opposing offenses are scoring 50 points less than what they should be. Okay. Um, the defense is performing really well, and the offense is not. Yeah, I think this also speaks to the style of Chiefs play. They they play slow. They play five yards at a time. And that limits the possessions on both sides. So I think the scoring and yards are kind of down on both sides because of how they play. I mean, I, I guess the only teams that the Chiefs have scored more than what that team gives up on a weekly basis are San Diego, Indian, Oakland. Those are the only three out of ten games have the Chiefs scored more than what that defense gives up. And Houston and Pittsburgh are the only defenses that the Chiefs have played that are even in the top half of the league in points per game. If you look at the list... Well, what about the Jets? We scored 24, or are you not counting... With the Jets are giving up 24.6 or something, oh, okay. and we scored 24. So okay. technically less gotcha. than what they're giving up. Gotcha. Um, I mean, and you look at defensively, like Houston and Pittsburgh are the only teams that scored more than what they average for, throughout the entire season. And only Jacksonville, Houston, and the Jets are the offenses outside of the top half in the league that the Chiefs have played. Okay. They've, they've, played they've played seven teams... Out of the top 16 in offense already. And they still have Atlanta, Denver twice, Oakland, Tennessee, and San Diego. All six in the top half of the league. Like, the defense has to continue to perform. And I don't have any reason to believe that they won't. And the offense has to perform. And I don't have any reason to believe that they will. That's that's my problem. Let me give you some optimism on the offense. Their rhythm offense. And that's week to week. We saw that. I mean, we have like a five-game winning streak in each of the seasons under Andy. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of a rhythm team, rhythm offense. They were hitting that rhythm until Alex got injured. Since Alex has come back, 
He hasn't looked the same. No, definitely not. Although the offense moved at a better clip yesterday than they had the previous couple games. Mm-hmm. So I think they might be tracking towards figuring it out again. And that's it. That's the end. Well, and really, <laughs> and if you and if you look at the defenses left on the schedule, and we talked about this a few weeks ago, so if you guys don't remember, like the defenses remaining on the schedule, Denver's good, and the other four are not. Oakland yeah. is terrible. Atlanta is terrible. San Diego is terrible, and Tennessee is okay. Um, I, I just people. Uh, we're we're having to take like such small things as like this is a good offensive game for the Chiefs. Like what games this season has the Chiefs have the Chiefs played a good offensive game? The best game that the Chiefs offense has played so far is against San Diego and they did it for like 10 minutes essentially. I feel like Oakland was a was a offensive beatdown. They couldn't stop us. And we were kicking field goals towards the end just because we didn't have to press it, but our offense dominated them. The offense wouldn't have had to do much of anything because the defense held them to 10 points. I mean, like, I want to see the Chiefs go out and win a game because the offense just put it down. And and it's not, and it just, like, don't think it's going to... I've got an idea for you. <laughs> Take out that old Chiefs 2003 DVD, put it in, put it in there, right? and I mean, crank it up. I mean, it's not, it's not what we are. It's not no, what we've been. I, and if you're, and if you're coming, if you're coming at me with... We can't do this with Alex Smith. I hear you. No, but I, I just, it's like I've, I've seen the offense perform well, and I would say that maybe in the games that the offense performs well, the defense has a tendency to, to not. I mean, you look at maybe the best out offensive performance, um, just as far as like a point total and everything. Um, I mean, that playoff game against Indy, we looked fantastic. I mean, probably the best offensive game the team has played was in Oakland when Jamal Charles caught five touchdown passes because they just couldn't, oh, couldn't, even, uh, like, couldn't even tackle him. Um, I, I just... I think that there, again, it, it just goes back to where we started. There are two different ways that you can look at it. Mm-hmm. And it's, do you think the team is going to get better or do you not, essentially, is what those things boil down to. And, and I say by the team, I almost mean exclusively by the offense. Do you think the offense is going to figure it out? And I don't I don't know if they are or not. To answer that, I think the offense will get better, and I think the defense will depend on the health. Is D. Ford okay? Is Marcus Peters okay? Mm-hmm. Is Justin Houston going to turn it on? If we get all those three, three of those guys clicking... We're going to be back to a really good defense. And also, I, I, we need Jeremy Macklin to come in and give a spark. We need that. And you yeah. can say he's been bad this year, and he has. And so, what, whatever. But we need him to come in and play well. Like, we paid him a lot of money. It's his time to do that. Yeah. Like, hopefully he plays this week. I haven't seen much. I saw them talk about it today saying it's not a long-term thing. He's been out, what, three games now? Mm-hmm. He went down at the very beginning of that Jacksonville game because we were hoping to have him for Foles. And then, so three games out, I kind of feel like we were resting him up. We might have been resting some guys for Denver trying to get away with this Tampa Bay game. Mm-hmm. And I have faith the offense is going to turn around. I've just seen, I, I don't see what's changed for them to be bad. What has changed? Like the offensive line is better. Alex Smith is the same. Then why are they playing so poorly? I I mean, that's the thing, is it's like, what is happening? I think it's, 
they get off to slow starts at the beginning of seasons under Andy. They were hitting the rhythm, and then Alex got hurt. And I think, my theory on Alex, he might be a little shook right now. Might be a little shook. Well, yeah. I mean... From the talk. From the talk around town. I'm just... Man, I'm His just... wife gets involved. Yeah. You know, they talk about athletes like ignoring the noise. His wife does that. He can't ignore that. I mean, that's... Why, why would you do that? Because they were saying things about you online. Like, well... What were they saying? <laughs> that, <laughs> Gary uh, Lezak was yeah, saying that? Like, yeah. the weatherman is saying that? Yeah. And, and then what got, else is new? And then you got... How long have they been married? Yeah. God! <laughs> then you got Andy taking that look at Nick Foles. You got that Jason Cole report. I wonder if he's a little too worried about the noise right now. He should other than be. That, other than that, I have no idea how this offense stayed effective for as long as it did. But I don't see why it should change now. I have faith that they'll turn that around. The Chiefs have lost three games, and in those three games, they averaged scoring 14 points. That's obviously not winning football. But the Chiefs have lost twice, and I know that you wanted to explain it away, but the Chiefs have lost twice when giving up 19 points. You would like to expect your offense to be better than that. Oh, yeah, I don't I don't give a pass in the Texans game. They were fucking terrible. <laughs> I, I think that um, where, where one of, let's, let's maybe try to put it this way. Um, one of the places that we've said that the offense has really struggled is in the red zone. And it's weird. The numbers, like, I don't, I don't know if the numbers necessarily support it. Because the Chiefs are 20th in touchdowns per trip to the red zone. Like, bottom half of the league, but it could be worse. Um, Wait, they're what? They are in trip, 20th in touchdowns? in touchdowns per trip in the red zone per possession if you get into the red zone wouldn't that be and you score a touchdown we are 20th in the league in number of touchdowns based on number of times we've been in the red zone i don't think so where'd you That's, get that i got that from football outsiders today was it updated yeah that was updated through every week i mean i got i got red zone touchdown percentage at 31st hmm well, I don't. I mean, I don't. I, There's I, a divide somewhere. We'll, we'll figure it out. What they what they showed on Football Outsiders today was twentieth in touchdowns per trip to the red zone, seventh in scoring points per trip to the red zone because we kick a lot of field goals, we obviously. Do. Do. Um, so, I mean, I'm looking at those and thinking, man, like I am crushing them in the red zone, and if we're seventh in the NFL in just getting points when you get there. They could be is that doing like a lot better. Percentage by of times coming away with points. That's the, that's how my I, guess. That's how I would imagine. If you get in the red zone yeah. and you score points, I can't think of many other misses other than the Alex interception. Yeah, I maybe mean, a missed field goal in there, but right. Any I mean, other time, we're I don't think, a lot of field yeah, goals. They're not like going for it on fourth down. Yeah, and not getting it yeah. and stuff like that. You know, and the offense doesn't score from far out. Like we have it, we get in the red zone a lot. Nope. And we kick a lot of that. dirty Hermans. How about how about red zone percentage over the years? Because this is something we'd kind of talked about. Thirty first this year. Last year twelfth. Twenty fourteen ninth. Twenty thirteen fifth. Um so we've And where is that been... stat coming from? And like do you know exactly what's like like what's website? It's uh-huh. teamrankings.com. Okay. One of my new favorite websites. Stats galore. Okay. Um, so this offense is capable of producing in the red zone. 
I mean, we've we've done it before. Like, we kind of wondered, like, has this always been a thing? But it's no, it's just a this year thing, and it's just... Well, I thought we came into this year, like, not worried about short yardage. Like, we have Spencer Ware, just hand the ball off. Like, I don't even think they need to practice it. Just give yeah. him the ball. Yeah. Oh, and we still have the quote-unquote best fullback in the NFL. Like, where's the eye formation? Yeah. Even in Spencer Ware's best runs, most of the time, Sherman's not on the field. Like... I just I, th- I think my boy Andy takes deserves some blame for for Red Zone. He deserves it there. I think the reality right now is that when the Chiefs get in the red zone, I just assume that we're not going to score a touchdown. <laughs> you were kind of dreading it every time we got there. It's, and and then like the thing with the defense is like when other teams get in the red zone, I just assume that they're not going to score a touchdown. 6th in red zone defense this year. Yeah. So I mean Literally, the only thing I like about our offense in the red zone is how good our defense is in the red zone. Yeah. Because if we, like, the the failures of the offense in the red zone get made up by how good our defense is, essentially. And I started saying, I don't want to call it the red zone anymore. It's the suck zone. Ah. Throwing throwing it back to our buddy, PCH, PSH. (laughs) PCH, the, the Pacific, Pacific Coast Highway. <laughs> I've called that the suck zone before. <laughs> the suck zone. There you go. Um, but from, yeah, from, from Twister. Twister. Yeah, I don't know if you said that. The suck zone. Twister is the point at which the Twister. Do you remember sucks you up? Do you remember when the the Saints used to play preseason games and they'd light up the red zone as red, and it'd have a big advertisement for Slappy Obama? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's what we need to start doing. Force use games. Put that slap your mama zone up there. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could just make it high V for all I care. That was be slap your mama. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's some good hot sauce. But <laughs> I had no idea what the hot sauce was when I first thought. It's like that's a weird thing to advertise. <laughs> um, I want to. You had mentioned uh, Jeremy Macron coming back and making an impact. It's what he's paid to do. It's um, what it's, I think everybody is expecting. It's time. It's time. Um, this week is time. And I, I think that something that needs to be talked about is right now, and I, I put this out there yesterday, not many people reacted to it, but Tyreek Hill is our best offensive player. Yeah. And I think it's by a wide margin right now. And that's no slouch. That's not, I'm not trying to throw any shade at Spencer Ware, who I think is a great football player, and I would love to see him get the ball more. And I don't know if it's that it, like we're not running the ball effectively or what, but... I mean, I think it goes, I mean, under 25 minutes in time possession the last two games. Yeah. It's just not a lot of plays, and we haven't been leading, so it's not feeding Spencer Ware the ball. He's, I think he's still one, got it in two, him. They're not just like, here you go. Yeah. Have it. Yes. But if Tyreek Hill is our best offensive player, like maybe he shouldn't be because we have people like Jeremy Macklin or Travis Kelsey or Spencer Ware. But like, I don't think there's any denying that he is our best weapon on offense right now. No, the last two games when it's gotten down to like crunch time, like, uh, like what can we do here? Let's let's throw four yard stops to Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Also, blew by old Alteron Werner on on yeah. Sunday. That yeah. was fun to see. Um, <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. I was talking about oh, typical Alex Smith uh, here today, uh, dropping deep dimes and then throwing red zone interceptions. Yeah, yeah, that was. Totally predictable from him, <laughs> right? Um, but I think when you look at the collection, that should be enough. I mean, I've, I feel like we keep harping on this. The offense should be better. Yeah. But we got Macklin coming back, Kelsey, Tyreek, and Spencer Ware. That's a formidable group of skill position players. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I think... <sighs> and what the hell happened to Chris Conley? We were so pumped. We were, we were pumped about him. And now he's just... 
Macklin goes out and Conley just disappears. Yeah, I just mean, nowhere to be seen. We're throwing the ball to Albert Wilson, but Conley did did he have a catch yesterday? Yeah, he had a few. He had a few. He had one when it, I don't was, like, when it was like second and third, third and goal from the ten, and they caught it at the oh, yeah. four. That was a great play. Um, Maybe he'll break a tackle. Yeah. <laughs> God, man. All right, that uh, that I put on Alex because I don't trust him on third and goal from the from the ten. I just don't, I don't think he can. I just like don't. I just don't trust Alex to make the right decision most of the time. And I and but that's <laughs> I say I say the right decision meaning more like. When it comes down to those complicated aspects of the game, which maybe it shouldn't be considered complicated, but it's like, Alex, why aren't you throwing the ball beyond the first down marker? Why aren't you throwing the ball into the end zone? Like, these things that seem to make sense, like, that's where he tends to fall short, in my opinion. Um, to, to maybe, like, put a cap on um, numbers that show where I think the offense is underperforming, um, I was I was just trying to look at last year versus this year. Um, last season, the Chiefs had 39 offensive touchdowns um, in the regular season, which averages to like 2.25 a game. Um, and so far, we have 18 offensive touchdowns, so we're we're averaging big, like half a touchdown less per week. Okay. Um, and I don't. I do think that again the offense has every they've got they've got every ability and I think that they have opportunities with some of the defenses that they're going to play during these you know really the rest of the season. I mean outside of Denver like there aren't even when you get into the playoffs it's not like there are going to be great defenses in the AFC because they don't really exist. No, and great teams around the NFL don't really exist. That's why I'm talking about like go back to the beginning like, just get the opportunity to be there and then be on your game then. Like Denver wasn't a great team. They won the Super Bowl because they performed at the end of the season. I mean, they may not have been a great team, but they were the one seed. They were that. So they um, had an advantage in their back pocket, and then they they took advantage. Yeah, that's double advantage. Is there one thing we haven't really talked about at all that there's been some chatter about, but not really? But one thing that has changed is losing Doug Peterson. I wonder if that just like. It's weird because it's like, did he have enough like that Andy was willing to take off of his own plate um, and just having somebody else doing something? But like, did Andy trust or delegate more stuff to Doug Peterson than he would to Brad Childress, who he has like just as much, if not more, history with? I mean, that doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't add up to me, but it's, I mean, it's the one thing that's changed the most, right? The uh, biggest difference from last year to this year? Yeah. Macklin's, I mean, Macklin's ability for whatever reason? Yeah, because I would say otherwise. I feel like like if there's anything that was really taken away from this offense, it was Doug Peterson. Um, and then and Alex know, is running. And, yeah, but that wasn't like... It wasn't like it was just off the table. Like, we didn't have the option. It's just that isn't happening. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't... I don't know how to address that because I know everybody got really excited the first few weeks of Carson Wentz and now all the people that were like, oh man, they got it right. They're pretty quiet right now. They're pretty what? Pretty quiet right now. Uh, yeah. I was uh, never on that Wentz bandwagon. Yeah, I mean, it was like... I crapped on him even when it was good. I, I, did you hear uh, Simmons and Lamar last week? Did you listen to that by chance? I haven't. It's on my phone. Uh, they had a very funny comparison because they're trash and Doug Peterson. They really don't like Doug Peterson or whatever. And he called, Lombardi called 
him a, a cover band. Like he's just running Andy's plays yeah. over in Philadelphia. Like he's yeah. a cover band. That's fine. <laughs> um, I know that uh, people always call Andy Reid a, a player's coach, and um, some of him standing up there and, in my opinion, making excuses for Alex, deflecting it, and saying it's my responsibility, it's my responsibility. Um, that's that is why people look at him as a player's coach. It's as not like yes. it's not like he was late to a meeting and I don't care. Yeah. Um, it's it's not that. It's that Andy is always the one that takes... He's the first person to take responsibility when something goes wrong. I mean, publicly. Is, you don't have to do that privately. Right. You can you can chew Alex's ass out after the game. Yep. But publicly, you have his back. And that's like one of the big differences between him and... Um, big news today for soccer fans. Jurgen Klinsmann gets fired. My guy. Um, but that's, My guy's Jurgen. But that's kind of like... that's That's one of the big reasons that players and fans alike didn't respect or like Jurgen Klinsmann is because he was constantly calling people out and like never taking his own responsibility yeah. ever for his part of the equation. Well, um, where I do think that Andy has fallen You didn't short, even hear that! I heard it, but I'm just <laughs> choosing to ignore it. Um, where I do think that Andy has maybe fallen a little bit short of being a player's coach this year. Okay. Andy's not really protecting these guys with injuries. <laughs> Um, we've seen it happen twice now. Yeah. Uh, basically, within a few plays of Alex coming back on the field after not getting a concussion in Indianapolis, they run a read option and Alex gets another not concussion. Yeah. Immediately puts Alex in harm's way. Like, you know what play we should run? <laughs> run right, right, just... We need you to keep the ball and run right at those guys that are twice. It was also the one time Alex has kept the ball on a read option this year. Yeah, like the entire season. <laughs> um, but then you see, you see it again on Sunday. I mean, I know a lot of people have complained about the play call, and I think that when it's been run, like you even saw it happen in Detroit, that like they scored a touchdown on that play on Sunday. I'm pretty sure the tight end end around is three for four now on the season. We got we got the only failure. Um, but it just. Like that's just maybe it's just a brain fart, but it's like Andy. It just like took a commercial break to get Kelsey off the field. Yeah. Like they went to commercial. He was really hobbled when he got up, and the first play back on the field, you run a tight end reverse to him. Like maybe put him out in a pattern. Maybe I think he had a play before that. To be fair, I just like <laughs> man. I mean that's that's just uh, they're they've yeah, been, they. They have been an abomination. Chiefs, the Chiefs' the last team. twelve months with injured players, not exactly ideal. No, no, <laughs> not at all. Uh, not, did you, were you the one that was tweeting uh, that they should hire in, Andrea Hootie? No, that was our guy uh, Rob. Rob Ladd. Oh yeah, yeah. She's she's awesome. Team Hootie. Yep. She's dominant. She's she's done a really really incredible. Coming job. from Burkhalter. Yeah. Coming for Carell Buckhalter. <laughs> well, um, listen, I, I know that our intent this week is to end up doing more of a like Broncos preview. We haven't talked about them much. Um, they are coming off a of bye week, and the Chiefs are the Sunday night football game. Um, it's a it's a lighter slate because there are still some bye weeks right now. I think, and you have Thanksgiving games. Um, and I'm not sure if there's any buys or not. Maybe last week was the last week for. No, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, either way, though, but there is three Thursday games. So um, our our intent is to have another episode for you this week. Dirk, any parting thoughts? Um, 
I think we all need to have a little bit of chill. Um, this team still has everything in front of them. I still, the AFC West race is still going to be amazing down the stretch. Um, don't be scared mm-hmm. of, of Oakland. They still have three divisional road games left. The toughest division in the NFL, although the NFC East is pretty damn good now, but three divisional road games. So they have to come here. They still got to go to Denver. still got to go to San Diego. Like, the Raiders are not going to run away with this thing. And I love that they're coming to our house on a Thursday night. Um, Man, I've got the scaries for that one, and you are you are the opposite. Oh, that Thursday night game? Oh, that Thursday night game, I'm, I'm going to be in the fucking building. I mean, I'm going to be in the building, all, too, and I'm kind of terrified. It was weird. When I was walking yesterday, and I was all heated, all I wanted to do was, like, be an arrowhead. Like, just put me an arrowhead. There is no chance we're going to lose. And so hopefully that feeling carries over into um, two weeks from now, three weeks from now, mm-hmm. whenever it is. Um, but just chill out. The Buccaneers aren't as bad as you think. They got a lot of young talent. I think they played well. They got Doug Martin. One of my favorite stats I didn't get to. Doug Martin. Doug Doug, Doug Martin. What the fuck's the stat? Are you looking for his... Doug Martin. 63 rushing yards on the day. 69 yards after contact. Yeah. Which tells you the run defense was there. We just didn't make all the necessary tackles. Yeah. And you kind of saw that a lot. Like, guys in the backfield, um, Dude. arms around him, he escapes and then gets like a two-yard gain. And it looks like nothing, but it's like he did. I mean, it's like plus five there from what what it could have been. I, I want to I wanna give a quick shout-out to your boy, Nacho. Look good. Raheem Nunez-Roches. That guy was sitting at home for a few weeks this season, right? Yeah. Because we cut him. Yep. He didn't, he didn't get picked up. He's just sitting at home. That Dude. guy's... Good football player. Yeah, he is. Got a lot of energy. He's and a gap shooter, out. man. He was, he was gap shooting like Jay Howard was <laughs> last year. Was reminiscent. Um, you you mentioned like schedule wise. Um, I know that this isn't great podcast, but it is like at the end. So um, the Raiders remaining opponents because we talked about how tough the Chiefs schedule is for the final six. The Raiders are playing right now. Don't say the score. I'm Don't not do going it. To. The Raiders are playing right now. It's about to be halftime, and they are playing Houston, um, which is no slouch. Houston is leading their division right now. 7,500 feet up in the air. Yep. Um, but after that, they still have the Panthers. They have the Bills. Not easy. They have the Chiefs. They have the Chargers. They have the Colts, and they have the Broncos. Like, not one of those teams is a pushover. None of them are. Nor are ours. And then and the Broncos. They, are you going to the Broncos? The Broncos have, um, outside of the Jags, They've got two games against the Chiefs. They have the Titans and the Patriots and the Raiders. So, I mean, kind of a brutal stretch, really, for all three teams in these final six weeks. We're all going to beat each other up, and then the Texans are going to slide into that two-seed, aren't they? Oh, my gosh. Like, if that's what happens. I mean, I'll take it if they win tonight. But I mean, on, well, I guess, honestly, if Houston is the two-seed, I mean, it's it would suck. Like, if you win your division, you get a home game no matter what, but, like... Um, if Houston's the two seed, like I'll, I would be very happy to go back to Houston. Let's just let's just run that one back. Yeah. Or um, there's also a chance to go back to Pittsburgh. <laughs> don't don't want to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to think about that. Um, all right. So thanks again to everybody for tuning into Amateur Hour. Uh, I will part on this note. The Chiefs have six total points on their first possession of the game in 2016. That's not very good. Um, and also, my favorite observation from Sunday, uh, people were talking about how Alex Smith 
had thrown like those two nice deep balls, and they're like, you know what? Uh, what was it? Something about having a wind up. It was like if you got himself, yeah. it really, really. <laughs> it was wind Joel. Up. It was Alex. <laughs> complete the deep pass. Really, he wound up and everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I noticed how slow Frank Zombo is off the line, and I was like, you know, I think Frank Zombo rushes the quarterback kind of like Alex Smith throws downfield. Just takes him, takes him a little bit to get going. Got to put a little extra oomph in there. Yeah. You should see me try to throw it outfield. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I play quarterback. I had to do it on the rollout because I don't have a strong enough arm to just do it from the pocket. Yeah. So well, I would roll out on you are, you are every play. running forward to get more momentum I am, behind the ball. I am Jake Plummer out there. That's who All I am. All right. All right. Uh, this has been Amateur Hour, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Go check us out uh, on iTunes. Please download the episode. Just download it and tell other people to do it. Please, um, please, and uh, we, we got will, we got children to feed. We'll talk to you later this week uh, when we preview Chiefs at Broncos oh, Sunday Night Football. Um, I'm gonna be heated. And, I'm gonna uh, be heated. This, this I, might, I might have a few cocktails before that game, Ryan. Just to warn you, man. Uh, that's in that's that's a possibility. Yeah, not not surprised. Let's hope it doesn't end with you yelling at Mike Tirico again. Oh, um, I love Mike. We made up. We made up. It's all good. Well, this that, was, that was Aaron Rodgers' hate. It was directed at Rodgers. <laughs> this has been Amateur Hour, and this is uh, this guy Anderson Pack or something. I don't know what the guy's name is, but he was on that show that we watched. He's great. I like this guy. He's Two's son. Two? Yeah. Two Pack. Is he really? <laughs> oh. Because <laughs> oh. his last name's Pack. Oh. I mean, that was a joke. Or maybe he's X Pack's son. Uh, this guy X-Pack. won Best New Artist at South by Southwest. We saw him on... Uh, we had an X-Pac conversation yesterday, by the way. We did. X-Pac. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, oh, the the show on VH1. Oh, yeah. We're going to plug it? Snoop and, uh, Snoop and Martha's uh, potluck. potluck party or something? Yeah. So Snoop Dogg and Martha Stewart. And it's basically a cooking show. Um, oh, dude, it's great. And Martha Stewart makes it like, you know, like this official chef... All these ingredients and stuff, and then Snoop's on the other side making it like the G way, like. And then I put these chicken wings on this on this pan, and then I rub some of this on I it, and they're good. Up, and I break up some yeah. potato chips. Yeah, on there. he puts potato chips on. Well, <laughs> like this is how we do it. It was basically like Martha Stewart doing the like classically trained French chef refined version. Yeah. And Snoop Dogg being like, "This is how my grandma made it." But they have guests on there too. They had Rick Ross this week, and all he did was hit on Martha Stewart the whole time, and she was into it, wasn't she? She was playing it up. He said, he said something like, "I can't wait to get you out of here." And she yeah. was like, "How big is your boat?" He's like, "Which one?" <laughs> <laughs> it was so good, man. It's really funny. I, I really, really enjoyed it. It was good. But that's where this guy came from. I found him on Spotify after that, and I, I like it. This song's called "Come Down." And then, uh, so that's kind of what today was. Yeah. I know that I know I got a little heated. I got real frustrated. But we like, all got a little heated. But I needed I needed to get that out so that I could now like focus my energy on. I want the team to be good. I'm not in like I want us to suck so we can get rid of Alex. No, are you kidding me? I want to win a Super Bowl, and I think that they're capable. But I'm just pissed off that that's they're not doing it. Right that's now. what we all want. And, and maybe I'm coming down too hard because they don't have they don't have this podcast to come on and vent. So they got Twitter to vent. Yeah. And you're mad after it, I get it. So I can come on here and vent. Um, but just 
Keep the big picture in mind. I can tell it's you, also you I feel exponentially better after this show than I did before. Oh, yeah. And then I did most oh, yeah. of the day. I'm going to go home, sit down, take my pants off, and watch that open game. Deep dive, watch the, the Raiders and the Texans. They're going to be uh, more. I'm not more. even looking at your facial reaction because you know I'm DVR. No, I, I am too. I actually don't even know what the score is. I just oh. saw how much time was left. Oh, nice. All right. Well, uh, see you later, guys. Hey, I really enjoyed that. Congratulations, honey. You were great. <laughs>